welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, the NYC Podcast Network, and the Family Podcast Network. And we're on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 820 a.m. across Central Virginia, and 1650 a.m. in Hampton Roads, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. And with that out of the way, we are excited today to be joined by Wendy Birch, a respiratory therapist at VCU Health Community Memorial Hospital in South Hill, Virginia, for a fun conversation about, among other things, the role she played in delivering her own grandchild in a garage. So welcome to the program, Wendy, and thanks for being with us. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, it's our pleasure, and again, we do appreciate you joining us. So let's just start by telling listeners a little bit about you. We mentioned that you work as a respiratory therapist at VCU Community Memorial Hospital. Prior to that, as I understand it, you spent a decade as a paramedic. You're also a mother and a grandmother. Now, I'm sure that brief description only scratches the surface of the person that you are. So if you would just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what what you'd like people to know about you. Basically, I started in respiratory two weeks before I graduated high school. I actually went to apply for a nursing program, and somebody stopped me and asked me, did I want to work and to make money and go to school? So I said, sure. So I started in respiratory two weeks before um, I graduated, like I said, and here I am today. And then what about the work as a paramedic? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I did that roughly about I started joining the local rescue squad here in South Hill, Southside Rescue Squad, and got my EMT and then went on and got my advanced and then to paramedic. And can you tell me a little bit more? I want to explore that transition from paramedic to respiratory therapist. Tell me what sort of inspired that evolution of your career. And also, I'd like to know a little bit more about your experience working as a respiratory therapist during COVID-19. During the pandemic, for people who may not be familiar, respiratory therapists were important members of the care team for patients who developed serious cases of COVID that impacted their breathing. So tell us a little bit more about that transition, respiratory therapist and paramedic, and then also about the work that you did during the pandemic itself. My husband was a intermediate at the time when I met him, Justin, and he was on the rescue squad, on the fire department and everything, and it was something that I wanted to also get into and volunteer with the community and everything, and that's why I went on and got more education in the paramedic and ran calls and everything with them for over 10 years or so. I still keep up my credentials with a national registry as a national registry paramedic and do my CEUs and things every other year that I have to have those done. And as far as COVID and respiratory, it was tough. It was really, really tough. You know, we're supposed to be there to make you be able to breathe better. Mm -hmm. And it's when you're fighting against something like COVID, when that's the thing that, you know, it takes it away, it's really hard. And you see what the patients go through and you put yourself in that same position and it, it's heartbreaking. And you see more, back when it started, you see more 
that went the wrong way instead of, you know, instead of being a success story, mm-hmm. you know. I just had a patient here recently that had COVID, and when I took him off the ventilator, the breathing machine, because he was better, mm-hmm. not because, you know, he was going the other way, I just, I wanted to cry, and I grabbed his hand, and I told him, I said, you don't realize what this means to me, being that you're doing good, so you can get better, and you can go home, so it's really been challenging. Well, listen, I appreciate you sharing that story. And really, it just sounds like you're someone who cares for your community, whether it's working as a volunteer paramedic, as you said, keeping up your credentials, or someone who's taking care of patients who are having difficulty with their breathing, which is essential to life. Right. So appreciate the passion that you have for that. It's It comes through in that story that you just shared. So thank you right. for telling us that. And now I do want to switch to a slightly lighter subject now that we've gotten to know you a little bit better. And let's talk about your baby delivery skills. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so the backstory for our listeners is that in February of this year, you were out in Arizona visiting your pregnant daughter and her family. Your right. daughter went into labor a day before, but was sent home from the hospital because she wasn't fully dilated. So the next day, as you're preparing to go back to the hospital, your daughter's water broke in the garage and you had to jump into action with no time to spare. So if you could... Set the scene for us and then tell us what happened next. She had been sent home. They gave her some medicine to help her rest and relax, which I believe that's truly what she needed because she was able to lay down, you know, (laughs) she took a nap and she relaxed enough to where it set everything into motion, more or less. She got up like instantly. She said, I have to go to the bathroom. She went there and she came back and she started having contractions and she had the bouncy ball that she sits on that helps with women when they're in labor and um she said I think we need to get to you know go back to the hospital and I said yeah I think that's a great idea she was having them and then she had another one that a terrible one (laughs) you know you're sitting here watching your child and she's like mama you looking at me like I'm crazy I said no baby I'm looking at you because I can't do anything for you you're Mm -hmm. in so much pain so they got up and she was looking for a hair clip and I said go on and go to the car and I'll try to find your hair clip so I went all the way to the other end of the house And I could hear her at the opposite end in the garage. I went straight to the door and opened up the door. And she was standing there holding on to the mirror of the car. And I looked down and her water had broke. And she was just, she's like, let me down, let me down. And I said, baby, you, she says, I've got to lay down. I said, I've got to check you. And she said, okay. And um, I told Jimmy, I said, Jimmy, call 911 and get blankets and sheets and pillows. And he said, okay, you don't think we're going to make it in the car? I said, no, <laughs> I cannot get her in the car. Can you get her in the car? I need <laughs> I need a stretcher. <laughs> so he did exactly what I told him to. I checked her and I said, babe, she's coming. I said, she's crowning. I can feel her little head. So, oh. Then she told me, she said, can I get on all fours? And I said, yes, whatever makes you more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because she she had a natural birth with her son. 
in the bath. Okay. At the hospital, of course, but not at home. So that was the natural way of her, you know, giving of delivering. Mm-hmm. So about that time, she had done another push, and I her head's out. And then her show, I was feeling around, feeling for the cord, and her shoulder was up against the wrong way. And then I tried to feel for the cord, and then I said, all right, I think one more good push, baby, and she will be out. And she sure enough was, and she turned exactly right and everything, and she come right out in my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great family story, and I'm sure uh, (laughs) memories to talk about for years to come. And now several months have passed since then, and you now have a a new granddaughter, Amelia. From what I understand, she and Mm -hmm. the family are doing well. What's the latest update, and and when do you think you'll get a chance to see her again? She will be three months old, the 4th, Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's doing great. She loves her big brother. (laughs) And I'm itching to get back out there. So (laughs) I don't know quite when, but I hope it'll be soon. As a curiosity of your career, this is actually the second baby you've delivered one time as a paramedic. And I know that was probably a different circumstance, but... Totally. (laughs) You know, how did the one experience perhaps prepare you for the experience with your daughter? None at all. <laughs> like I said, it was totally, it was totally different. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, Wendy, I want to thank you for sharing a little bit of your story with us today. Before we let you go, we're almost done, but before we let you go, we do have a tradition here on the Patients Come First podcast to ask our guests a pair of fun, quirky, personal questions to give our listeners a little bit more of a sense of who the individuals that we chat with are. And so to keep things interesting, we actually have developed a list of 10 mystery questions. So you get the choice to pick two numbers between 1 and 10, and then I'll ask you the questions that correspond to those numbers. Two and eight. Okay, two. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? Again, it's one book, one movie, one album. Oh my goodness. One book, one album. And one movie. Twister would be my movie. (laughs) Okay. That was a good-sized twister. What was that, an F3? Solid F2. See, now you've lost me again. It's the Fujita scale. It measures the intensity of a tornado by how much it eats. Eats? Destroys. Little uh, encounter we had back there is a strong F2, F3, maybe. Bet we see some F4s today. That'd be sweet. Four is good. Four will relocate your house fairly efficiently. (laughs) Is there an F5? Would that be like? The finger of God. And then an album and a book. Album. Oh, I'm stumped here. <laughs> what's What's the first music artist that comes to mind when you think of who you like to listen to? Post Malone. Okay, that works. (laughs) And then a book. I was not expecting that answer, by the way. I bet you weren't. (laughs) Uh, Book. Really not a 
book person. <laughs> okay, that's fine. We can stick with Twister and Post Malone, and then we'll go on to <laughs> question number eight. And this, we might have already talked about this in our conversation, but tell me one memory from your life that whenever you think of it, it makes you smile. One memory of my life makes me smile. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm blessed. I have many. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of them. <laughs> well, just pick one that comes to mind. Hmm. I mean, it could be as simple as the one that you just made delivering your granddaughter. I was getting ready to say, how they when they wanted to um, wanted me to be in the to whatever for the hospital <laughs> <laughs> for being recognized for delivering my baby, my grandbaby. <laughs> yeah, that works. That's something that should make you smile. Well, listen, Wendy, that is going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guest, Wendy Birch of VCU Community Memorial Hospital for being with us today. So thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you.